one constant through all the years, Ray. Been beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career render, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome into the show. From the BTG studio in Rochester, New York, this is the Beyond the Game program, Sports Talk. Without the trash talk, I'm Rick Benson, and sitting across the studio from me is Zach Barletta. We have kind of a different show on tap this week as we have two guests. In just a couple of weeks, Roberts Wesleyan College will be hosting the East Coast Conference's Basketball Championships for both the men and the women. Both our guests are here to talk about that coming up a little later in the program. We'll have head coach of the women's basketball team, Gary Andrews. But let me go ahead and bring in our first guest. Bob Dranoff is the commissioner of the East Coast Conference, in which, of course, Roberts Wesleyan College competes with the ECC Basketball Championship Tournament just a couple weeks away. Dr. Dranoff joins us now via the BTG studio line. Thanks so much for coming on the program. It's it's truly a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, for me too, Rick. I'm glad that uh, we had a chance to talk. Roberts Wesleyan College will be hosting, as I just said, the men's and women's basketball tournaments on Saturday and Sunday, March 3rd and 4th. And obviously, we love that Roberts is hosting this year's tournament. But let me give you a chance to share your thoughts on some of the facilities that they have there. Can you talk about coming to Rochester and specifically to the Roberts Wesleyan campus? And is there perhaps something that you're looking forward to when the tournament starts up here in Rochester? Well, to, to answer your uh, last question, we're uh, very much looking forward to coming up to Rochester for the whole experience. Um, what uh, we do in uh, in our the sport of men's and women's basketball is we've set up a uh, a schedule um, uh, for uh, several years in advance, and we move uh, so we predetermine the site of the basketball tournament. This is going to be the first year that Roberts will host basketball. They have hosted. Um, our outdoor track and field championship and our cross country championship in the past done a, a great job. Um, and so this is the first time with basketball, which as you can imagine is one of our, our bigger events. So one of the, uh, there's certain criteria that we look for for our campuses. You know, we have a combination of, of institutions regarding their, uh, in terms of their facilities. Some are, 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 are pretty small. It would be difficult to host a, a basketball tournament there, uh, restrictive in uh, number of locker rooms or size of uh, gymnasium, et cetera. Um, Roberts is uh, the, the Voller Athletic Center uh, on the Roberts campus is is uh, truly one of the, the, the best in our athletic conference, so we're excited for that reason to come up. We also know that, uh, you know, in a lot of the work I've been doing with um, Athletic Director Bob Seagave and uh, President Porterfield from Roberts, um, we know what a, a great partner the Rochester community is to the college. And so uh, we're looking forward to to, uh, to doing some good things there. Sizing up the men's bracket, there are three teams which I would think have to be viewed as heavy favorites, that being Damon College, St. Thomas Aquinas, and Bridgeport, and of them, Bridgeport would seem like an overwhelming favorite, having won, as we're talking now, their last 12 in a row. Do you think it's good for the tournament? Do you think it's healthy to be somewhat top-heavy and to have such 
strong standouts that perhaps everybody's going to be gunning for? Or do you think that fans of other schools really won't be all that intimidated of a team like Bridgeport having had been so good all season long? Well, you know, it's uh, from year to year, you never know what will happen. We, uh, you're right. Uh, there's three teams that have had a really successful uh, seasons uh, in terms of wins and losses, but we've also had years where, uh, uh, you know, a dark horse may come in at, at the end and, and go on a little run. There's a, another couple of uh, schools that have either three or four games left in their regular season before they get into the playoffs. So, you know, things can change. Um, I've had the uh, opportunity to see all three teams play this year. They're all really good. And, and, uh, um, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas has been our, uh, champs the last two years in a row. And, uh, um, so, you know, you never know, you never know when you get to the playoff, the way our playoffs work is, uh, six top teams qualify, top two get a, a bye, uh, into the, uh, semifinal round. And so, uh, the other four will play off, uh, the Wednesday before the tournament. And so I'll tell you, Rick, you never know what, <laughs> what will happen. <laughs> Um, but they are some really, really, uh, they, all teams boast, uh, some excellent student athletes, um, exciting, uh, players. On the women's side, there are again three very strong schools at the top. St. Thomas Aquinas again, joined by LIU Post and our own Red Hawks from Roberts Wesleyan College having a great year. It would seem to be good for business, as they say, to have the home team among the top schools competing. And I'm, I'm certainly not minimizing the men's team's presence by any way. Uh, but is it a boost for the conference when the home team goes deep into the tournament? Well, sure. You know, we, we would, uh, you would think that uh, the host school would uh, really do a great job promoting and, and, and the students on campus would be supportive. Um Obviously, we're hoping, we're hoping regardless of, of who's playing, people will see this as a great opportunity to see uh, some quality uh, college basketball. That being said, um, you're right. On the women's side, you know, Roberts, once again, um, uh, they've, uh, they've always been in the mix uh, on, the, on the women's basketball side in these playoffs. Uh, once again, they're right there. St. Thomas Aquinas is having a really special season. Uh, post uh, LIU Post, for the first time in a, in a bit, uh, they're back in the mix, too. They're, uh, they're doing an outstanding job. Um, but, you know, you never know. Uh, Queens College um, last year, uh, the, uh, back in 16, Queens College was our champs. They lost in the final last year and then went on an amazing run uh, in the uh, NCAA playoffs. Um, so, you know, you, you, again, <laughs> I'll, be, uh, I'll be a little repetitive here, but, you know, we're just looking. Uh, it, it's very competitive. Uh, it's, it's always, you never know. NYIT last year ended up winning our conference championship. And, uh, again, a real special season for them last year. So, yeah, and you're right, Bob. You, you never know, which is why I want to encourage fans, encourage listeners, go on out. You're going to see some great basketball and you never know what you're going to see. We're talking with Dr. Bob Dranoff. He's the commissioner of the East Coast Conference. In two weeks, Roberts Wesleyan College will be hosting that conference tournament. The ECC is, of course, Division Two. From the commissioner's office, the view there, what are the most significant benefits of playing at the D2 level? You know, I, I, I've had the uh, opportunity to uh, be an administrator at uh, all three NCAA uh, levels, one, two, and three, over my career, long career. But the majority of the time I've spent has been in Division Two as an athletic director and now the commissioner for the last 10 years. What uh, I will tell you, um, without a doubt, in my mind, 
is that uh, the philosophy of Division Two, I think, really hits home with student athletes, their families, and the institutions they play for. Uh, by that, I mean the the motto uh, of Division Two is "Make it yours." And and the idea there, at least to me, the idea is that a student athlete has the opportunity to truly experience. Uh, what it is to be a college student and a college student athlete, um, meaning that they'll have a, uh, they have time and, uh, are expected to really commit to being successful at, uh, academically. Um, they have a high level of athletic, uh, competition and a, and a, and the best opportunity in college athletics to, have a chance to make it into NCAA postseason. Um, and then they also have a, a real chance to grow as an individual on their campus by having time um, and are encouraged to get involved in other kinds of uh, opportunities on their campus to grow as a complete person. I'm not minimizing the other divisions, but I know that um, uh, for Division II student-athletes uh, who want to take advantage of that, those opportunities are there. You've been the ECC's commissioner since 2008. In your opinion, what are the biggest improvements to the conference over that time? Well, you know, I think um, we're a 10-member conference. Um, we spread from uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, through Connecticut, and then are mostly New York uh, state-based institutions. Um, there's been uh, changes, a lot of changes in college athletics over the years, but in our uh, in our own conference, I think one of the most important changes came back in uh, 2010, 2011, and actually 2009 when University of District Columbia uh, joined us, and then 2011 was Roberts Wesleyan, and then after, right after that was Damon. And I think that um, the importance of growth and uh, stretching out our region was a very important change for the conference as a whole as we brought in really good academic institutions and fine athletic programs that that made for a for a difference i also think that you know we've grown to be a, a we are a relatively small athletic conference but our level of success um on the field on the court etc has been pretty outstanding yeah the competition is is great and the ECC competes in all the sports all the college sports that fans love a host of different sports which of course means a lot of different games a lot of athletes and a lot of stories any special moments that stick out to you that perhaps you're most proud of over these last 10 years well you know one of the things that we talk about um and I always talk about is that this is a conference that's committed to excellence, we say excellence in academics, athletics, and, and service. And um, just a few highlights I'd, I'd really be happy to share with you. Is in terms of academics, we are in the top five of Division II conferences uh, in the NCAA. In terms of academic success rate, which is a number that looks at uh, graduation rates for student-athletes, Last year, we had a record year for uh, students that were named to the commissioner's honor roll, the academic honor roll. Uh, and to get on there, you have to have a, uh, at least a 3.25 cumulative GPA. We had over 1,300 of our student athletes on there. That's not too, too shabby an achievement. In terms of athletics, uh, um, 
you know, every year we have multiple All-Americans, multiple teams that are qualifying for NCAA postseason. Um, we've had in the past uh, several national champions in uh, in sports like men's and women's lacrosse, uh, in, in soccer. Uh, this fall, our women's soccer team from Mercy College made it to the uh, uh, NCAA Final Four. Men's soccer, LIU Post, made it to the Final Eight. Uh, last year is a really good indication, I think, of uh, athletic achievement. In basketball, uh, both Queens College and uh, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, made it to the Elite Eight. Uh, in the spring, Malloy softball made it to uh, their Elite Eight, and St. Thomas Aquinas went to the championship game in, in baseball. So, you know, I always tell people we're some ways we're the little engine that could this uh, athletic conference. We always seem to have schools that get it done. And finally, um, one of the real highlights from, and maybe to me in a lot of ways, the most uh, important of what our schools do, all of our schools are very active in, in service to their communities. Uh, just, uh, I think last week, uh, NCAA Division II uses a, a, a app that measures uh, service hours. And uh, in the top 20, we had four of our ECC schools listed from over 300 in the country um, in terms of commitment to their communities and hours uh, that are given. And, and we just got done with our 10th annual leadership event where we bring student athletes in from all our 10 member schools to talk about leadership, talk about values and, and be involved in community service activities. And, and, um, that's an event and a program that's been recognized by the NCAA and other places. And so I'm, I'm proud that we can be, um, we, we are committed to this idea of make it yours, of, of giving a balanced and a, and a true student athlete experience. And um, that's, a, that's a big achievement for us. And, and all our schools are committed to it. I think even the casual observer of the East Coast Conference schools notices that the, the emphasis on quality athletics, quality academics, community service, is all very strong. All the schools involved, the students, student athletes, the, the 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 staffs. But is there any areas maybe that concern you that you think we really got to get that fixed, or maybe something you're working towards that would improve the conference in the future even more? Well, you know, we're uh, these are challenging times. Uh, I think any person that works in higher ed would tell you these are challenging times when it comes to enrollment and and uh, funding. So, in terms of membership, we're always uh, thinking if do do we need to expand? Uh, would that be good for the student athletes that participate in the institutions that make up our conferences? So that's a constant piece. We also um, spend a lot of time trying to think of ways that we could do a better job in promoting our institutions. We 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 do. Um, uh, we began this past year a uh, we have our own uh, ECC network where we stream all our championship events and all our institutions have the opportunity to stream uh, multiple athletic events. So. Um, promotion, marketing of the conference, expanding our brand is always important. The last piece that I'll just tell you is that I think what we need to do as a conference and, and all D2 conferences and institutions also need to always keep in mind the opportunity to promote themselves and what, what they are about, what the NCAA Division II model is about. To ask the perhaps the average fan of sports or college sports or or a community member, uh, when they think about college sports, they may automatically think of large, big-time athletic programs that are on TV a lot and, you know, all the good things that they bring, but also some of the, the bad stories that they may hear of 
student-athlete behavior, behavior by coaches, uh, different kinds of scandals that we hear about eligibility and money and things like that. And, and um, you know, it, it's sometimes it's difficult not to lump all college sports and all college student athletes into the same into the same bowl and 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 I'll tell you there's such a difference in, in a lot of ways what what our commitment is and what we're what we're trying to do uh, with the student athletes and what they think is important and if people came out to watch our our student athletes and the, and the events that we do I think they'd see that the commitment really is to uh, excellence in that moment but understanding it's part of a really a, a bigger picture. Before I let you go, I want to give you an open mic. Is there anything additional you want to say to the listeners here in the Rochester area regarding the upcoming conference tournament at Roberts Wesleyan College? Well, wonderful. I do appreciate that uh, a lot, Rick. Yeah. So, um, obviously, we would love to see uh, anyone that uh, can make their way out to the games. Um, uh, we play, uh, again, it, it is at the Bowler Athletic Center on the campus of uh, Roberts Wesleyan. Uh, games are on Saturday. Uh, we have four games that day. The women, uh, doubleheader, the semifinal doubleheaders at 12 and 2.30, followed by the men's doubleheader at 5 and 7.30. And on Sunday, the games, uh, women's championship will be at 12, men at 2.30. Um, the, uh, ticket prices are, are very reasonable. $10, which gets you, uh, all the games on, 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 uh, the day. So for $10, you come on Saturday and see, uh, four, really competitive uh, college basketball games. Um, one of the things that we uh, are doing uh, this year is we've had some amazing uh, support from the Veterans Administration uh, folks up around Rochester and Western New York area. Um, I, if, uh, I would love for uh, uh, to have the opportunity to help promote the fact that all veterans and active military will be our guests at the games for free. Uh, those days, any guests of those veterans or active military uh, can get tickets for half price if they're accompanying um, the veteran. Uh, um, we also will have uh, some various veterans organizations that will be coming and displaying information and talk about their organizations right there on site uh, that day. So uh, folks that are coming could gather some information and uh, be able to talk to some of the folks there. We also have, um, we've been spending a lot of time, uh, organizing, um, some entertainment. Uh, we have the 198th Army Band that will be playing, um, during the games on Saturday. Uh, you have color guards that are coming in on both days, including, um, Monroe, uh, County Sheriff's Office and the Keystone Club Police, and, uh, uh, pipes and drums that are going to be helping us with the color guard. Um, so we're trying to make it a, a great event. We have contests going on. For kids, um, uh, we hope that it will be a lot of fun. I hope that the community members will come in and support Roberts Wesleyan, but also support all the the, uh, the uh, men and women student athletes that are there, and uh, come in and have some fun. And if you can't, if you can't get there, we're also streaming the games live. All they have to do is go to the um, the ecc.org site, and they'll be able to click on there and, and find the game. It sounds great, and that is a classy touch with your nod to the veterans. I know you're busy, but just one more question we ask of all our sure. guests. We're a faith-based program. Many of our listeners are people of faith. So let me ask you, is there anything we could pray about for you? Well, you know, you had asked me that, and, and I will tell you um, what I would love for you to do, uh, if this is okay, is is uh, is 
fight for the health and safety of all our student athletes that uh, work so hard to represent their institutions and and represent the conference. You got it. Dr. Dranoff, thanks for joining us, and and best of luck during the tournament and throughout the rest of the school year as spring sports are starting to kick off their season. But thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Rick. It was a great opportunity for me. We've been talking with Dr. Bob Dranoff. He's a commissioner of the East Coast Conference. March 3rd and 4th, Robert Wesleyan College will be hosting the men's and women's basketball conference tournaments. Make plans to get out there because, as you just heard him say, there's going to be plenty of exciting basketball going on. You won't want to miss it. Ten bucks gets you in the door, and you can see the the full day's worth of basketball. And if you're a veteran, ain't going to cost you a dime. For more information, visit the Roberts website at robertsredhawks.com, or you can visit the conference's website, eccsports.org. I want to thank you for listening to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Here is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through February 15th. The Red Hawks recap is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. A tough start to the lacrosse season for the women's team as they lost at home to Merrimack College 20-5. Senior Mackenzie Kidder and freshman Emily Tomei from Webster each scored two goals for the Red Hawks. And freshman Taylor Nathan from Gates Chilai High School also scored for Roberts. In women's basketball, sophomore Taya Andrews scored 21 points in leading the Red Hawks to a 76-62 road win over Damon College last Friday night. The men, however, weren't as fortunate against Damon as they fell 77-70. However, senior Manny Joseph did all he could by turning in his best game of the season, scoring 25 points to go along with 8 assists, 7 rebounds, and 3 steals. In track and field last Saturday at the Houghton Highlander Invitational, it was another good day for Roberts runners. Senior Chelsea Hayward won at 200-meter and 400-meter, and junior Kathleen Omstead won at 60-meter. In distant running, sophomore Mariah Martone was second in both the mile and 3,000-meter. For the men's team, sophomore Tracy Harrison won at 200-meter and placed second in the 60-meter, and sophomore Ashton Colaire won at the 60-meter hurdles, senior Eric Johnson placing first in the mile. No home games this week for Roberts Wesleyan athletic teams, but don't forget coming March 4th and 5th, the ECC Conference Championship Tournament hosted by Roberts Wesleyan College. $10 gets you in the door for a full day of great college basketball competition. Veterans and military personnel are free of charge, and those being accompanied by a vet are half price. Go on out and cheer on the Red Hawks as they make a push for the conference title. You can see a full schedule of games at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you can also get news, scores, highlights, and more. You can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter as well, at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, 
Think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Sports talk without the trash talk. Beyond the Game is recorded in the BTG studio here in Rochester, New York. If you missed anything during the first part of the program, you can get the podcast by visiting our website. Once again, that's btgprogram.com or by finding it on iTunes or other podcast sources like Google Play. Week after week, the podcast is downloaded in a number of different countries and in cities and towns all across the United States. This is a good opportunity to tell you that if you have a business, perhaps you could consider advertising with Beyond the Game. Your message will be heard by thousands, and your financial support will help us to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ where this program gets heard, including places like Pine Bush, New York, who downloaded the program this past week. In fact, I was just happened to be in Pine Bush, not far from where I grew up, located along the Schwangung Mountains. I actually went through the town this past weekend as I was driving to visit the folks at 12th Rock Sports Ministries in Middletown. You remember them. We had them on the program not mm-hmm. all that long ago, but Zach. Yeah. I stopped by Orange County Choppers, one of my Favorite shows that used to be on Discovery. I loved watching them make those motorcycles. I had lunch at the Orange County Choppers Cafe. Had a terrific, I mean, really one of the best burgers I've ever had. Wow. Now, I had a bit of a tourist price tag on it, (laughs) but it was terrific. I also stopped at uh, Paul Jr.'s shop in Montgomery, which is the son uh, of Mm -hmm. Paul Tuttle and Stopped in his shop, saw some pretty cool motorcycles at both places. So it was a fun trip for me. Pine Bush, though, a big UFO town. And I think mm-hmm. about it every time I see it pop up. Pine Bush, yes. There was a book written about the many weird sightings. I've told you about this. For, you know, someday you ought to do a segment on it for your show. I can remember as a kid, teenager really, looking up from the Rondout Valley where I live to the ridge along the Schwangunks, and I remember seeing some weird sights, sights that matched what they describe in that book. Now, as a kid, I just always, Stewart Air Force Base was just down the road in Newburgh, mm-hmm. New York, not far from Pine Bush. I just dismissed everything I saw as had to have something to do with the military, but they described in the book, um, I forget the title of it, I I don't have the book. I did. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to throw my mother under the bus. I loaned it to her. I'd love to loan it to you, but I don't think I ever got it back. It is not anywhere on my bookshelves. But in that book, they describe cigar-shaped lights, and they moved in just freaky patterns, things that seem unnatural. And as as a kid, I can remember seeing that. Now, I don't know what it was. I'm not saying it's aliens, but I am saying it was unidentified and definitely unidentified to a 15-year-old kid. But it it was kind of 
interesting to see multicolored lights. It was kind of cool. You ever you ever see anything like that? You ever have a UFO sighting? No, I'm jealous because I would like to. I think it would be really cool to see. You know, like I I feel like that's a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity. So it's cool that you got to see one. Maybe I eventually. Well, will. down there it really wasn't once in a lot. You saw it a lot, and it, it was always up on the ridge, up over over the mountain crest there. But I texted you about this too. Uh, May nineteenth, they have a, a UFO festival there in Pine Bush, and I, this is something I think you ought to go do. We should go. I, well, I'll go with you if you want. Like I said, that's my hometown. I can see friends. Yeah, but, man, I'm down for a good UFO festival. But that that would probably be fun because I'm just envisioning in my head some of the people mm-hmm. that you will meet. Now, I growing up down there in that area of New York State, I know some of those people. They're already a little <laughs> bit different. There's something in the water. And then if they're... The UFO ciders, uh, I, oh, I don't yeah. know. It just it could be a good time. I think you should go talk to some of the people in the streets, do some interviews. Uh, there should be enough whack jobs there to give you enough ma- material to fill a year's worth. Oh, yeah. Well, the best is that people at events like that don't have names like Zach and Rick. They have names like Star Child and Ravenfield <laughs> and, you know, like Purple Cloud. You know, we're going to meet we're going to meet some interesting people at this thing. Thanks for listening in Pine Bush, New York, wherever it is that you're listening from today. We're we're glad to have you along. Glad you tuned in. It's time now for me to throw it over to Zach, who will give us this week's shenanigan statements all right number one the remaining big name major league baseball free agents will finally sign over the next few days now that pitchers and catchers have at last reported to spring training i agree i i think at at some point they have to right teams can't wait forever to fill holes and i don't think players can hold out forever if they want to have the kind of seasons that they'll want to have to land their next big deal i mean this is just speculation but I think that you will you'll see a lot of compromising here in these mm-hmm. next days and maybe weeks between the parties. I think you're going to see owners want to give short-term deals and not get locked in long-term because that's been sort of the problem that they've been having, locked into contracts that are just a weight around their neck. But in order to take a short-term contract, I think players are going to want bigger dollars. So I think that's what you'll see. You'll see players take them with the idea of, okay, I can get paid this year and then I can hit the free agent market again. And maybe there won't be as much inactivity during the off season. See, I actually say shenanigans, um, mostly because several of the higher name or higher priced big name free agents that are left are Scott Boris guys. And he is somewhat notorious over the last few years for having his guys hold out and not go anywhere until they get what they've asked for. Now, generally, he goes to the Tigers for that, and the Tigers are rebuilding, so they're probably not in the market. So we'll see what happens. But I really don't see anybody giving up their stance in the next few days. So I guess we'll see what happens. But they got to play, right? they got to yeah. end up on a team. So you think there's got to be some compromise somewhere along the lines. Well, you know what? Boris has had guys sit out until June before, and there's always stories of guys that get hurt in spring training. So... Maybe some team has their ace go down this week in spring training and has to go out and sign an Arietta or something, but I don't know. It looks like a stalemate for now. Number two, word out of Yankees camp this week is that reliever Dellen Batances showed up 16 pounds lighter. Truth or shenanigans, best shape of his life, spring training news stories are meaningless. What do you think? I think they are. 
even when these guys come into camp on a regular year and they're not quote unquote in the best shape of their life, they're still elite athletes. They're still in really good shape. So, you know, for Batances, all right, his his control was bad the second half of the year. He's done something to try and change it. Maybe it means a little something, but by and large, we hear these things every year. I'm going to say shenanigans. I don't think it's meaningless, but I don't also think that it's it necessarily indicates anything significant. It's a good thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, anytime you take off a couple of pounds, it's it's a good thing, right? Unless you're one of those right. guys that look like an anorexic fly rod or something. I mean, I guess at least it's not a story that he's in the worst shape of his life, right? You know, like that, it's that would be something. It's a good thing. And for sure it shows commitment. He's a big boy, though, Dylan Batanzas is. Mm-hmm. Results are what matter. And let's hope that being 16 pounds lighter doesn't affect his velocity. Mm-hmm. CC Sabathia a couple years ago took off some weight and it affected him. Now, he needed to take off some weight. I mean, he's got that that knee issue and that all that weight on that knee. It's not a good thing, but it did affect his velocity some. Mm-hmm. It did affect his pitching. So let's hope that the same doesn't happen for Dylan Patances. Number 3. The Yankees are the preseason World Series favorites. No. <laughs> you Shen- posted something about this this week. I, and I did. Inspired the shenanigans. Question. Chris Russo, who, I, look, I, I'm a Chris Russo fan. When I when I first got into here, really got hooked on sports radio, like a lot of people in New York, it was Mike Francesa and Chris Russo that hooked me on sports talk radio, Mike and the Mad Dog. Well, Mad Dog said this week that uh, – he thought that you'd be crazy or something to that effect if you thought the Yankees weren't the favorite. And I <laughs> I got to tell you, I guess I feel as long as that the Astros are the defending champs and they're also loaded to make a strong run again, mm-hmm. I think as long as the Astros are out there, then no, the Yankees can't be the favorite. They're, I've, I like their chances. But there's some interesting teams out there. You've mentioned it weeks ago. The Angels are an interesting team. Mm-hmm. The, uh, of course, you got teams coming out of the the National League. The, the Dodgers, the Cubs, yeah. uh, the the Brewers Indians haven't gone anywhere. The Indians haven't yeah. gone anywhere in the American League. So to say that the Yankees are the World Season World Series favorite, excuse me. I I, I like their chances, like I say, but I I can't put the favorite title on them. And you know what? Part of this question for me ties back to the first question about the free agents because the Red Sox, at any moment now, we could get an alert that they've signed J.D. Martinez to add to the lineup. And then they become so much better, and they're one of the powerhouse teams too. I Look, I think the Yankees are a favorite. I think they're a very, very good team, uh, even before they added Giancarlo Stanton. But to call them the favorite when the reigning World Series champs are in the same league as you, I think, is folly. So... Are they a top three team in the AL? Almost certainly. Are they the best team? Uh, Hard to say at this point. The Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles have lost offensive coordinator Frank Reich, who is the new head coach of the Colts, and quarterbacks coach John DeFilippo, who would have been Reich's replacement, but left to become the Vikings offensive coordinator. So truth or shenanigans, drastic turnover of the offensive coaching staff will cause the champs to take a step back next year. What are your thoughts on this? I don't think so. I say shenanigans. And my reasoning for that is that neither of those guys called the plays to begin with. Uh, Doug Peterson, the head coach, calls the plays. Now, those guys teach the offense to the players. Um, They're responsible for some of the game planning and stuff. But the Eagles have so many of their important players already under contract for the near future that 
they don't really need to be taught the offense. I think Doug Peterson and whoever he brings in to assist him can keep the offense going without uh, much of a setback. See, I'm going to agree that it actually will cause them to take a step back. They have, um, they're pretty much going to be a top five draft pick next season. No, of course I'm kidding about that. (laughs) I would expect that the Eagles will be strong again next year, but I think they've been plucked pretty good. You know, Mm -hmm. they've lost some good minds, and I do think that will have some effect. Now, will that effect be a two-game swing? Will it be a four-game swing? Uh, Obviously, I don't know. But even a two-game swing would be enough to have some impact because Mm -hmm. it would potentially take them out of a playoff situation. Uh, Well, probably not two games, but a four-game swing would. A two-game swing would definitely take them out of the home field advantage situation They've lost some key people, Uh, and Frank Reich is a great mind, uh, not to mention a great man. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a a terrific signing for the Colts. I do think it'll it'll affect the Eagles. Uh, I don't think it's, like I said, I was kidding about them being a top-five draft pick, but I think the Colts did well in getting Frank Reich. Absolutely. You know, losing out on Josh McDaniels and then having Frank Reich as— uh, I don't know that I would have picked McDaniels over Reich if I, I was I in would. the position of making the decision. I, obviously, I'm not, but that's I like him a lot. That's something I've heard a lot in the football world over the past week since it happened, is that this may be one of those scenarios where the one that you loved and lost, so to speak, is not as good as the one that you ended up with afterwards. So we'll see what happens there. I think where it might have the biggest impact, losing Reich and Filippo is if Wentz, Carson Wentz is not able to start the season, if he's still recovering from his surgery for the first few weeks and they have to go with Nick Foles, because those two guys did a lot of the game planning for Foles for the Super Bowl when he was so effective. So if they have somebody new in there coming up with game plans for Nick Foles to prepare for those first few games, they may start out in a bit of a hole. So we'll have to see what happens. The Eagles will also have the disadvantage of having the target on their back. Mm -hmm. Going into this season... There were people that talked about the Giants making a Super Bowl run. Of course, you know we all know how that turned out. But I think the Cowboys were sort of the darlings. Everybody mm-hmm. looked to them. And the Eagles didn't get a lot of love early on as they kept winning. Uh, well, that momentum kept building, and this was a very good football team. So well, they're not going to sneak up on anybody next year. And it's hard to sneak up on anybody in the NFL. But For sure. they're going to have the target on their back. And, of course, Peterson's going to go out and they'll get good guys. They'll get quality guys. I have no doubts of that. But I think they lost good guys too. So we'll see. For sure. Last but not least, the U.S. men's hockey team losing to Slovenia is further evidence that the NHL should have allowed its players to compete in the Olympics. You know, I agree that they should have, but I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective, seeing names that – you're familiar with, um, and being a fan of USA Hockey, I want our best guys out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't mean to disrespect any of those guys, especially local favorite Brian Gianta captaining the team. I think that's a great story. But um, if I'm the owner of a hockey team, by the way, I don't want those guys to go. I don't want my stars players playing elsewhere and risking injury. Personally, I I think it should be up to the players, but I get it. I, I get why owners don't want that. Why water down your own league for a couple of weeks while the Olympics are going down? And to just 
stop playing, well, that doesn't really work very well mm-hmm. either. There are so many variables to consider here. But they, boy, I had to tell you, that game against Sylvania, they, they had it. They had it until midway through the third period, and the momentum, it just swung. I forget who was broadcasting the game, but they talked about the USA needing to take a timeout. And, of course, they didn't do that, and it would be an unusual place to take a timeout. It's not like basketball where Mm -hmm. you often take a timeout to stop the momentum. But that's what USA Hockey needed to do. They needed a timeout bad. They were just – it had looked like things had just unraveled. Um, Yeah, I I agree. I would have liked to have seen the NHL players there. But you know what? The the USA team wouldn't be the only one benefiting from that. So a lot of the – European teams and Canadian teams obviously would be much stronger too. And that's where I'm going to go with it. When I wrote this question down for this week, I really thought that I was going to agree and say, yeah, the NHL should have let its players go. But the more I think about it, you know, a lot of the NHL players are not American. So yeah, the American team would love to have its best players, but a lot of the other countries in the tournament would be getting their best players as well. So, uh, you know, it's sort of like the steroid argument for me where, yeah, so-and-so took steroids, but he was hitting against pitchers that were also taking steroids, so it cancels out in my book. You know, the the U.S. team would be better with NHL players on it, but so would all the other countries. So in the end, I don't think it made that much of a difference. Yeah, I don't even know that the U.S. would benefit as much as other countries. You just like, you like seeing the guys out there that you know. But as long as you mention the Olympics, have, have you been taken by them? Have you been watching the Olympics? To be honest, I haven't watched any to this point. Yeah, I've watched a, a fair amount, but I'll, it bothers me the fact that it's not live. And Yeah, there were there were games being broadcast before the opening ceremonies were broadcast. That was weird for me. Yeah, well, that's, that's not uncommon because you, to get them all in, you do have some that take place before the ceremonies, but it's it just the fact that it's a 12, 14-hour difference, and that's very hard for broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, you and I are sports fans, so our phones are always blowing up when things happen. It's yeah. hard for me not to hear about them. And when they have the broadcast on, so many backstories. And my wife loves the backstories of the different mm-hmm. athletes. I can't stand them. I want to see the competition. Anyway, that's another thing. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk <laughs> about that more next week. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll uh, we'll talk with Roberts Wesleyan basketball coach Gary Andrews having another solid season, the women's team turning in there at Roberts. as They also got the upcoming conference tournament to talk about. We'll get into that with him. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Hey gang, Benson here. You know, because I'm a bit of an introvert, I don't rush right up to people and get in a conversation as I see others do. I wish that were more comfortable for me. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about people. In fact, one of my greatest joys is to help people. The biggest help I can ever be is to tell folks about the grace of God. Now just hear me out. Give me just two minutes, and then because I know you're a smart person, decide for yourself what to do with what I'm telling you. You see, all of us are sinners. And because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us. So much so, in fact, that he sent his son, who is the only one who never sinned. And though he need not die, willingly did so on a cross 
as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. He says so in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, that he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But though he gave his life, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He rose again, defeating death, making it possible for us to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness. You see, that's the grace of God I want to tell you about. Forgiveness of sins is available to all people. God's grace is freely available to everyone. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here it is, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you want to know Jesus, pray to God. Tell him you know you're a sinner. Tell him you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and that he did that for you. And then start a new life, repenting from your sins and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be forgiven of sin, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening. Are you a fan of March Madness? The Red Hawks are. And Roberts Wesleyan College will be hosting the East Coast Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament this year. Plan to attend the semifinals on Saturday, March 3rd, and championship Sunday on March 4th, as teams compete to punch their ticket to the NCAA D2 National Tournament at Roberts Wesleyan College. Rochester's only NCAA Division II Athletic Scholarship Program. For all your Red Hawks information, visit robertsredhawks.com. Roberts Wesleyan, make it yours. Gary Andrews joins us now on the BTG studio line. He's the head coach of the women's basketball team at Roberts Wesleyan College. Thanks for coming on the program once again, Coach. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Your Red Hawks team has enjoyed another great season as we speak, sitting 17-7 and overall, 11-3 and in conference. You have four games left on the season. We know coaches, though, they, they always see areas to improve upon, but how satisfied are you going into these final two weeks? I'm pretty satisfied. I mean, we've had a good year. You know, you always wish you could have maybe won some of the games you've lost. But, you know, for as young as we are, we've had some injuries we had to battle. And I think we've done a good job. And, you know, the kids have really improved. And not only on the basketball floor, but off the floor. And I'm really pleased so far with the kind of year we've had. You have gotten strong play out of a number of different players this season, seemingly all at different times. Emily Miller has consistently been a double-double machine. Lucy Covley is now the career three-point record holder. She's hit some big baskets and some big games. And the other night against Damon, Taya Andrews scored 21 points. And I know there are others. Can you talk about some of the individual contributions you've gotten from your players this season? Well, I think the you know the, our strengths that are depth and just our versatility and we've had a lot of girls play well um emily like you said has had a great year taya has battled some injuries and she's starting to come on and you know there's two our our two leading scores and they're sophomores and you know they've had really good years for sophomores and you know then talk about lucy and cc james and also our two senior starters who 
you know, I've done a great job with leadership this year and, you know, I've really led the team really well and I'm playing really well. Um, then you have, you know, Taylor Bino, the junior, she's kind of our hard nosed defender who's, you know, can also score. You know, I have Shayla Satorius who's a sophomore can pass, play defense, score a little bit. You know, Say So Nady from Egypt is having a really good year. She's one of the best three point shooters in the conference percentage wise, you know, and she can pass and drive and things like that. And, you know, and then we have Savannah Hunter inside who, you know, the junior with a junior college transfer and she's just a great kid and she's really been coming on the last two, three weeks and really made a lot of improvement and that's really gives us some size inside and she's a big strong girl. So yeah, that's really helped us inside. As you and I are talking now, you're winners of six of the last seven. Do you think this team is playing at its peak or is there still time to find another level before the conference tournament begins in two weeks? I think we're getting close to playing at our peak. You know, we'd we'd like to get everybody playing great at the same on the same game and you know the Damon game we had you know quite a few people play really well and you know we're hoping we can peak you know in the next week or two you know and hopefully for the conference tournament and we're hoping to make the NCAs. We're talking with Gary Andrews head coach of the women's basketball team at Roberts Wesleyan College still four regular season games left on the schedule three of those games are against teams that are currently under 500 overall but there's also one big game with a very strong LIU post team, which is on the road, closing out the regular season. I know that the coach is always focused on the next game, but do you have to do anything to keep players from looking ahead at that matchup and overlooking some of the sub-500 teams you've faced before then? I don't think we really have a problem overlooking anybody. We know right now we're every game's an NCAA qualifying game for us, and you know we put ourselves in a position where we're right you know, I think we're, we could be in good shape if we went out to, to make the NCAs, but we know if we stumble against a team we shouldn't stumble against, that might, you know, cost us an NCAA attorney bid. So, you know, and you, I can find examples all the time of a team underdog beating a favorite. And you look at Duke, Duke's ranked, I don't know, like 10th or so with their men's basketball, and they got beat by Boston College, who isn't very good. You, you just got to know you got to be ready to go every night or you can get beat. Barring some stumble, Roberts Wesleyan seem poised to get a very favorable seed as hosts for the upcoming conference tournament. Do you get a sense the team might be even more excited as you start thinking about that tournament to stay home and play in front of the home fans? Yeah, I think we're really excited that we don't have to travel six hours to go somewhere where most of the teams in our conference are, you know, a long drive and, you know, it gets tiring because you got to leave the night before the tournament and, now we'll be able to sleep in their own beds and you know be able to play here at home and not have to be on a bus for five, six hours. I know we're really excited about that. I know Roberts is focused on not only the athletics but the academics, but also the spiritual part of a student athlete's life. Can you give us a little insight to that? Uh, what's God been doing in your life and maybe that of the team? I think our team, we just kind of you know always try to thank God for what he's given us and you know we always you know, I try to point out just, you know, the opportunity that God's provided for everyone. And, you know, we also try to talk about we want to serve others kind of like Jesus served, you know, others in the world. And, you know, we try to say, you know, to make the world a better place, you can't talk about the negative. you got to go out there and do something positive, you know, in the world, kind of like Jesus did, you know, a lot of things, you know, did a lot of good for the world and you know, how he was always serving others. So we've really talked about that this year. Gary, I know you're busy, but thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. Before I let you get away, though, is is there anything that we can pray for you about? Hey, just pray, you know, for our team right now. We've had 
some sickness and we're trying to battle the flu and bronchitis and you know, we have a player whose father's got cancer and mm. you know, we just pray for a healing God's healing hand that touches, you know, body and just, you know, anybody in the world that's suffering from, you know, sickness or depression or, you know, in a rough place right now, just you know, just pray for everybody in the world to you make the world a better place. Well, thanks again, Coach. I, I wish you best of luck heading down the stretch, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks in the conference tournament. Thank you very much. That's Gary Andrews, head coach of the women's basketball team at Roberts Wesleyan College, and another solid season for the Lady Redhawks here at Roberts. Don't forget to make plans to be at Roberts for the ECC conference tournaments for both the men and the women. That'll take place on Saturday and Sunday, March 4th and 5th. I want to thank you so much for sticking around. This is the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. We're going to be back, wrap up the show right after these short messages. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here's your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. You know, Jesus tells a story in Matthew chapter 25 when, as king, he will one day separate the sheep from the goats. And he tells of some who he rejects because they had rejected him and others who he blesses because they had cared for him. And there are those on both sides of that equation who don't remember either caring for him or rejecting him. In fact, they say, when did we reject you? When did we care for you? Matthew chapter 25, verse 40 says, The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Their indifference for those in need was a reflection of their true heart. What I like this week is Tim Tebow's foundation held its annual Night to Shine event last Friday night, February 9th. 537 churches around the world, with the help of approximately 175,000 volunteers, were able to create an unforgettable prom night for young people with special needs. Somewhere around 90,000 young guests were cared for and given a night that they will not soon forget and shown what happens when God's people display God's love. 
the dedication of the Tim Tebow Foundation and 175,000 volunteers through 537 churches is what I like, you like this that? week. You like that? What I like this week was the statement from LeVar Ball when he said that his son Lonzo will not automatically re-sign with the Lakers, but will go to whatever team is willing to sign him and both his brothers. I like that because I don't think that's any team in the NBA, and maybe in that scenario, we won't have to hear about them anymore. <laughs> so that's what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? You know, it's probably a bonus you like that. I, I should have mentioned this. Uh, with that senseless tragedy happening in mm-hmm. Florida on Wednesday, the Florida Panthers happened to be playing the Vancouver Canucks that night. And it was just a few hours later, of course. Of course, they're on the West Coast, so you do have that buffer. But Vancouver, in a very classy move, had a moment of silence there. And again, this is another country. This is a Canadian arena. It's on the other coast. Uh, But even so, with Florida in town, they made a gesture and pointed that out and had a moment of silence. So there's a bonus you like. You like that? This has been the Beyond the Game program. As we close out this week's show, I want to thank you for being with us. This show doesn't happen without the financial support of listeners like you. If you have a business, please consider advertising with Beyond the Game. The Bible says in Isaiah fifty-five eleven, So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Each week, we bring the gospel to thousands of listeners through Sports Talk Radio. Many of those listeners are hearing it for the very first time because the show is featured in many areas on secular radio. The Apostle Paul said in Romans fifteen twenty that I aspire to preach the gospel, not where Christ was already named so that I would not build on another man's foundation. If you support our mission of bringing the message of Jesus Christ to listeners around the world through Sports Talk Radio, please consider making a donation to this radio ministry. This program is mainly listener-supported, and more than ever, we need the support of listeners just like you. To make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. There you'll also find more information about the program, past broadcasts, and detailed information on how you can know Jesus Christ personally and receive forgiveness of sins. Thanks for listening, friends. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 